This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. Get ready for a super Breaking Normal podcast, even for Breaking Normal standards. Uh, my friend Jordan Bowditch dives deep into uh, kind of breaking his Burning Man virginity and actually losing a new type of virginity. <laughs> oh gosh, I'll let you. I'll let the mystery uh, remain on that one, so you can tune into the whole thing. And remember, a lot of these episodes, like I'm bumping this one up. Although we have other episodes we've even recorded before this one, I think it's super relevant since so many people are coming back from Burning Man and integrating, and so many people are curious about it. That um, I felt aligned to go ahead and put this one up right now so remember sometimes when you're listening to these the dates are not completely accurate and that's that's very normal for breaking normal because not only are we breaking normal but we're bending reality as well and on that note we have actually once again extended our podcast sponsorship with ned the testimonies that continue to pour in are quite profound. If you have any testimonies, please uh, reach out to me uh, through my Instagram or through email or through a review on the podcast. It's pretty amazing um, how how many people are enjoying this, including myself. And I'm actually so excited. I've been hiking so much recently. And actually, after this podcast with Jordan, me and him hiked up Camelback Mountain. And since then, I've hiked two more days in a row. So I've hiked Camelback Mountain three times in a row. I might go again right after this. Um, and my body is feeling it. My body is feeling it. And I scheduled a massage. Uh, Deanna got a Thai massage recently from someone local here, and she said it was one of the best massages she's ever gotten. And I am so excited to bring the hemp-infused body butter that not only has uh, 240 milligrams of active CBD and a proprietary essential oil blend, but it also has arnica oil, jojoba oil, raspberry seed oil, carrot seed oil, calendula oil and MCT oil. I'm not even sure what all that means, but I don't even need to because you know what I know it does? I know it works. And I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know if Hello Ned has promoted their body butter as a massage oil or a massage butter, but I'm super excited to use it as one. And I'd be very curious what other people, because that's one of my biggest fears or resistance sometimes is getting a massage is like, what kind of stuff are they going to be putting on my skin? Because as we all know, or I trust we all know, that the largest organ of our body is our skin. And what business does anybody have putting anything on their skin if they wouldn't be eating it? And these all look like epic ingredients um, that a lot of people would probably benefit from eating. I'm not telling you to eat the body butter. If you're going to eat anything of the Ned CBD, I'd recommend doing the droppers, which I've been doing a mix of almost every night for the last month um, before I go to sleep. So I, I love it. I love it. I love that I found a brand that I believe in. So for anyone that wants to check that out, go to uh, helloned.com slash breaking normal, enter the code breaking normal and get 15% off your first order. If you haven't heard me talking about it, I've had amazing testimonies, not only from my like mom and cousin, but from people that I don't even know personally. One person recently sent me a message off Instagram that I'm pretty certain she was alluding to no more meds for her, which is a big freaking deal. If if we can replace uh, pharmaceutical medications with a flower, um, hmm, I don't think I need to say much more about that. And then on very other exciting news, like I, I it's like I can't even officially announced this yet, but let me give some clues. 
if you are captivated by the idea of joining me and over 50 more people for a tribe design 14 or 15 in Patagonia at a retreat center. So basically what happened, one of our uh, people that have gone through the tribe design facilitator trainings, um, she owns a retreat center in Patagonia. And that's in Argentina on a lake. And um, like lake right there on the lake. And it can come, it has 52 beds in the hostel alone. And there's also like cabins and there's like these wagons. And it's just super breaking normal, super aligned for tribe design. And she is basically in the process of selling it. It's been in the family for 47 years. And if this all goes through in the way that I'm remembering this future, and we are about 90 plus percent sure it's going to happen. Um, we basically might be running our New Year's Evolution Fest 5.0, January 3rd, in Patagonia, and this will be the last event of that center's um, existence before uh, a, a, basically a condominium complex buys it from her and takes it over. So I don't know what better way to celebrate the legacy of this property and kind of the letting go of it and just whew, 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 I don't think I need to say much more I mean Patagonia come on even the founder of Ned Rhett if you haven't listened to that interview please do but he was saying that that's like on the top of his list and then I even talked to Chase uh, Beringer I think that's his last name uh, actually no I'm not sure but he, he was on the bucket list lifestyle episode definitely check that out apparently his right hand man has been to so many different places and in the world, including Chase has, but they basically say that Patagonia is either number one or two um, for the most beautiful outdoor places in the world. And I asked him what was the other one. He said his his partner said the Himalayas. So whether maybe the Himalayas is on the radar for the future, but it looks like we are going to commit to this Patagonia deal and potentially even Mount Shasta in the fall. So both of those are we're getting very close to make a decision on. And the thing is, you know, as y'all know, Sedona has sold out and then some spots opened up and it sold out again. Um, the situation with this is that I have a very unique opportunity in a way to partner with this project. Um, that's a very winfinity and I'm not really allowed to publicize it yet until I get a confirmation from some people. Um, so there's your mystery element of this podcast and then enjoy the rest of this mysterious journey that Jordan and his beautiful queen bee took to Burning Man for their first experience of, uh, breaking or not now they're no longer virgins. That's a Burning Man virgin and, uh, get kind of a recap of someone that's been on many events and have experienced Burning Man for the first time that was very willing to accurately report what happens so much so that I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to use some of the content to advertise. It's so taboo. Strap in, strap in, get ready for a wild ride. And, uh, yeah, much love to y'all and looking forward. If you, if you remember that future with us in Patagonia, hit me up, hit me up ASAP. Um, you can put your application in at international tribe design. There probably won't even be information up about Patagonia or Shasta for a lot of the early action takers, but I definitely encourage you to be an early action taker and just send the application anyways. And maybe by the time we get that or from a few days from now, or by the time you're listening to this, we'll have the hundred uh, percent details confirmed on this very breaking normal deal that's going to be a bit of a crunch time situation. All right, much love, y'all. Peace in. All right, y'all. We got another round tour. There's only been a few of y'all. I think it's been you now, Jordan Bowditch, who I'm mm-hmm. with, Deanna. It might just be you and Deanna. Wow. Is that true? 
I wonder what that means. I win. That's what I heard you say. <laughs> well, I know what I heard myself say before this. I was listening to the podcast with um, Josh Trent from Wellness Force. Are you? Mm-hmm. You know him? Yep. Oh yeah. So, so was it like we instead of us interviewing each other, we just had a, like a crazy conversation, mm-hmm. obviously, and we'll upload it on both of our podcasts. But one of the questions he asked me was, um, "Who are my greatest teachers?" or something mm-hmm. like that. And I surely had an ultra spiritual breaking normal answer at first, but then I just started naming people, and uh-huh. one of the people I named was you. Wow. Yeah. So well, I would name you in that category for me, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an honor to be here with you <laughs> as well. I don't know how to even begin <laughs> to explain how exactly and how this is going on, how we're crossing paths in the mm-hmm. way that we are. Mm-hmm. But just as a little context for people that may have not listened to the first episode with you, which I highly recommend. I think I just received a testimony about that the other day. Someone that was, was fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for coming back again, round two. But um, if you didn't listen to that one, I'd recommend that. Um, one of the ways that we've crossed paths is we live next door to each other mm-hmm. in the town that I've lived the longest in the last 11 years or so, mm-hmm. and that was in Encinitas, California, out there on Neptune Avenue yep. on Davina's birthplace, and you live lived next door to us mm-hmm. in the Mystic Manor. Yep. And, and when, before we departed, um, I had a Breaking Normal Cool bus, <laughs> and I sold it to you. You did. And you, uh, you and now Alexa, your uh-huh. partner in crime, I guess, re- branded it to the Flowmobile, is that right? Yeah, Florence, a.k.a. Flow, or the Flowmobile. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then uh, with that rebranding, you recently just, I guess, broke your uh, Burning Man cherry. You you just got back from your first Burning Man. And it was not so gentle of a cherry breaking, (laughs) I might add. Okay, yeah, that's something I definitely want to talk about, Uh for sure. Um, And you drove that from your current home base, Austin, Texas, where we were also neighbors recently. I don't know how, I don't know if anyone else can keep track of all this. Maybe if someone's listened to every podcast, (laughs) someone recently did tell me they've listened to every podcast. I'm like, wow, I wonder if they can put the the, the pieces of this golden thread together. You have high quality people on there, man. I'm not surprised. (sighs) Well, we, we were neighbors in Austin at one point, but I'm here in Arizona getting ready for our next Tribe Design 13 in Sedona. And Jordan went to Burning Man with Alexa in the Flowmobile uh-huh. and drove there. Dro- now you're on the drive back, back yes. uh-huh. and you're crossing through Scottsdale, currently where I am bunkered down, uh, raising money for my Breaking Normal app uh-huh. up until the event. Mm-hmm. So that's a little context. I think yep. that explains it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said it wasn't easy, you know, that first of all, that, that breaking of the uh, <laughs> Burning Man cherry wasn't uh-huh. easy. And that was one thing in the Josh Trent podcast, and I think it's a good place to start. He was really driving point at home of like how he, he – it could almost sound like for his biggest lessons were from being broken down. Totally. And – there's a part of me that I definitely resonate with that. Like the warrior in me resonates with that. And I yep. know we both have been familiar or um, been exposed to different archetypal. War- King, lover, uh, warrior, magician. Exactly. Yep. And I think sometimes, especially for young men, they might get overly indulgent in the warrior archetype. Yep. And that was like my one concern of that podcast after re-listening to it. I listened mm-hmm. to it this morning uh, while I'm doing breath work before you got here. And I was like, wow, I trust no one thinks that the only way they can – have an enlightening experience by being broken down. Sure. And at the same time, there does seem to be a lot of enlightening experiences from someone being broken down. Definitely. So um, why don't you tell us about this 
you breaking down or yeah. breaking through and uh, whatever you want to share with Ale- about Alexa and you because I know yep. y'all did that together and now yep. you're coming back solo. Yep. Not to mean y'all are <laughs> No, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that I, I think flew she, her back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Uh-huh. So tell us, tell I want to know cuz I haven't been to Burning Man and I yeah. think one thing that we share in common is we've been we have together have been to uh so many crazy empowering event experiences yep. including many international tribe designs yep. and i've had some conversations with people comparing like international tribe design to burning man but this you being your first one and yep. you've been to multiple tribe designs mm-hmm. i would just love for you to paint a, a i want to hear the story I'm, I mean, I'm like i want to hear the story might as well put headphones on and, yep. and, and listen in uh-huh. how much time you got uh, we got low. max hour and 11 <laughs> <Cool>. so <laughs> all right so started in austin texas drove flow florence the short bus and she has no ac so we got an external ac unit installed right before we left super stoked on it really high-end one i mean this thing pumps right but it pumps more than the solar unit generator i have could power and we found that out within minutes of starting the drive but we're on a timeline it's like this is all we can do like so the thick of summer 30 plus hours driving through the desert to get to northern nevada black rock city where burning man is and alexa does not do so well with the heat and to be fair probably most people don't do so well with the heat you know we're indoors in this nice cushy air-conditioned place um, while it's 100 plus degrees outside i can totally resonate i've spent a lifetime around like finding ideal weather yep for like the last 10 years and Mm -hmm. recently i did find myself in this desert and i think the only thing i can do is embrace i'm like i guess forget trying to find 70 degrees weather i'm just gonna run out in 111 degrees weather and have fun yep so i can sort of resonate with what you're saying but I'm not in a uh, the breaking normal or the flow mobile that's pumping more yeah. heat into a closed container. Exactly. <laughs> and so that that's the other piece too is not only does it not have AC, but the front part is not properly insulated because it's been this ongoing like never-ending renovation project since I got it from you cuz when I bought it from you it was a full-on school bus like had the original lettering on it, still yellow, like all the seats inside. So it was, but since then I've fully gutted it, like redone a lot of stuff, painted it, rooftop deck, all this stuff. And it's once again, like never ending. So the front around the engine is not properly insulated. And so heat is coming from the ground, from the concrete, from the engine, just from everywhere. (laughs) And so 30 plus hours driving in this was miserable to say the least for me it's like i felt like okay warrior energy i was tapping into that i'm like sweating bullets it's very uncomfortable and it really became the new normal for me alexa not so much bless her heart she like really powered through but there are a lot of like challenging kind of breakdown moments for her me individually us collectively um really beautiful though and grateful for those experiences because we came out on the other side of like stronger together um So all that said, we finally get to Burning Man uh, and, well, quick rewind, we're about a day out and the headlights stop working in flow. And it's not a matter of just changing the actual bulbs. I can do that kind of stuff. It's actually an electrical thing that I could see what was wrong, but not something I could fix. And at this point, we're like on this tight timeline. We're almost there. We can get away with not driving at night that next day to get there. And and then I'm just like, fuck it, we'll figure out afterwards, right? I can so resonate with that on some of the biggest breakthroughs I've had. Probably the biggest hike. We'll go on a big hike this evening yes. up Camelback Mountain. But the, one of the biggest hikes I've ever done. I was so close to the top. It was in High Light Canyon, if anyone's familiar, in Bozeman, Montana. And this is actually where a lot of the breaking normal came through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had I felt like I couldn't get to the top, and I was starting to lightning and thunder, mm-hmm. and I couldn't care. I, I figured if I dropped my backpack, I could get to the top, and that's yep. why I just I'm like I'm like I don't guess I don't need the water anymore. I'm just yep. gonna get to the top and just see what happens. <laughs> and I kind of hear y'all are like y'all are so close there, yep. and you just had to let go to make it. Hundred percent. No more worrying. Just sending it. Yeah, just sending it. <laughs> Amen. Transcending uh, it. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> thanks for transcending it because now you have a story yeah. to tell about Burning Man. Totally. Yeah. And so. We get there, well, we turn into the dust, and like it seems like we're there, right? But for anybody who's ever been to Burning Man or even heard about it, you know that once you get there, you're not actually there yet. So checking in and getting through all the kind of security, and they like pulse, just because there's, there's 70,000 people that get together in the middle of nowhere in the desert. I mean, it is desolate, and it is not a climate that is conducive to life. Like there is like very little organic life there. Um, and so naturally, we get 70,000 people together uh, to do weird things in this atmosphere. And so we turn onto the dust, and we proceed to take about five hours to actually get into Burning Man. So, so you are sitting in the hot car during all this. Sitting in the hot oh, car man. during all this, and there's dust storms like oh, crazy gosh. when you have thousands of cars driving in, oh, plus this dust and wind. So dust starts filling every single orifice of our bus. Because there's just, and you, we saw this as we were coming, a lot of RVs had tape all over around their windows. And Alexa was like, yeah, I've seen this on, on forums and stuff. This is something that people do to keep dust outside of their vehicle. No matter how properly sealed it is, like dust is coming in. It's going to find its way in. And Florence is not properly sealed by anybody's standards. So dust just starts billowing in. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, what do we do? We're like inhaling it. We put on our masks because people have like really elaborate decorative masks. Yeah, what kind of mask did you have at this point? Like four different kinds. <laughs> With like literally like a, a mask that filters air? Yes. Okay. So we have like kind of the more doctor type of ones that are more basic and we have just cloths and then we have ones that are a bit more involved that really like filter stuff okay. and like everything in between. And so, and then as this is happening, we literally start taking duct tape and sealing the inside of the bus windows. So they're like, we can at least prevent some of the dust coming in. And that actually worked pretty well. But me, we're doing this, the bus is packed to the brim with all of our stuff, all of our mini costumes, our food, our coolers, our, we brought like bean bags and stuff for our little mini camp setup. So it is navigating. We're having to climb over shit, just again, drip and sweat, dust coming in. I'm also like having to drive every like few minutes, like a few feet basically. So would have to like, as I'm frantically taping, doing that. And then finally we start like getting out of the car every so often because it's exponentially more enjoyable outside even though it's like dusty and crazy it's like at least it's cooler than inside this cooking bus so we then deal with that for five hours and as we turned into the playa as they call it um there was a few like there were signposts everywhere that had really cool quotes and one of the first ones was um welcome home leave all that doesn't serve you behind and as soon as we saw that both of us got very emotional um, it was just like, we had worked so hard to get there. Little did we know at that point that we still had five hours of the stuff I was just describing to deal with. But even still, it was like that feeling of being home. And that's what everybody tells you is like, welcome home. That's how people embrace you is like, welcome home. And it felt like home. Like it became my new home. We were there for 10 days, man. And so when you get there, people embrace you, you kind of set up camp and, it is, you know, people would describe it as a festival. A lot of people that, that haven't gone, that's the best way you, that, in a word that you could describe it, but it so transcends what I imagine to be a festival. It is truly like a radical social experiment. 
Um, and I can certainly dig into some of that. I mean, one of the biggest parts is radical self-reliance. So it is an atmosphere, once again, that is not conducive to like normal life. And in order to be prepared for that, you have to be prepared for that and be radically self-reliant. Because it's like, yeah, the gaps will be filled in because everybody has that same ethos and that same energy coming in. Um, but at the same time, like if you are not really on top of your shit going into it, it can be even more difficult. Um, and some people just kind of show up and they just surrender. And uh, I can't imagine. Like we, as virgins, they call us, Burning Man virgins going there into it. Go. It's not there fun. Is, that's a good name. I'm just going to make sure my camera's on. I'm just yeah, having yeah. a little bit of a... Mm-hmm. Check uh, it out. Yeah, we're good. You're, still going. You know, you're so breaking normal because... There's been so many interviews that people are usually calling me out. Like, why is he have a shirt off? <laughs> and finally, I have my shirt on and you have your shirt off. Oh, Con- yeah. Congratulations like, on that one. Over the shirt at this point. Yeah, like, I all don't... my shirts are dusty, dirty, sweaty, wet, nasty. Well, you look good. You look uh, more th- uh, probably ripped than ever. Thank you. Yeah. I probably lost five or ten pounds being out there. Ate a lot less food, like a lot of liquids. Um, so, yeah, then – in this I never thought I've never heard of the Burning Man being a diet. I know, for, right? The Burning Man <laughs> diet for yeah. sure. I have had like diarrhea in Peru in some pretty extreme <laughs> environments, and like uh-huh. literally, me. I remember me and Timothy pooping so much on all kinds of nasty ways and puking, and then like. After that, like I remember taking a picture. I'm like, I'm the most ripped I've ever been. I'm like the diarrhea diet. I was a little hesitant to promote it, but yeah, not so much. Anyway, something I would like willingly do necessarily. Um. So this that microphone, if you want to put a little closer, closer. to your mouth, yeah, there yes, we go. There we go. Hello, hey, hello. Mm, now the voice matches deep. the abs. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is like a playground of sorts. I mean, so it's based on the gifting economy as well. So there is no, there's no trading. There's no money exchange. And no need to hold it. You're good okay. now. Good yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You're good. It's kind of yeah. flipping on me a little bit. I think that's. There we go. Testing, cool. testing. Um, and anyone that wants to check out the video, go to breakingnormal.com slash podcast or find this video on Jordan's live Facebook feed mm-hmm. history, Jordan Bowditch Facebook. Mm-hmm. So so back to the burn now that, you're, now the that burn. you've started. And I'm curious, when you were saying you got emotional, that five hours drive, mm-hmm. what was the feeling if you had to guess? Like, how would you describe the feeling of you mm-hmm. and Alexa? And during that five hours yeah. drive? Yeah, it was very much like... Um, for me, the normal had become, once again, just being hot and uncomfortable. So it wasn't so bad anymore um, because I just dealt with it for 30 plus hours at that point, although this was definitely intensified in that moment. Um, I was more of a place of wanting to remain cool, calm, and collected and hold space for Alexa and her experience. Um, I don't wish that upon anyone, especially like my partner who I love. And she had been as graceful as I can imagine um, someone being in the midst of all that. And she was, she was kind of losing her shit at this point. And so I was more concerned with just not being reactive because she was upset, you know, and not like taking anything personal, not being combative and just being sort of the rock in the midst of all this. Um, while also having, it was an initiation experience, like a serious one. Um, and then it was, it was mixed emotions. Cause it was like, we're here, we're, but we're not. <laughs> so it was very like, Oh, d- difficult in that regard. Yeah. I imagine. I mean, I've, for all the events that I've facilitated or have attended, there's something about when I'm arriving, yeah. it's like, Oh, like there's a feeling in my body that yep. gets amplified. So 100%. I was just really wanting to dive into that. And I can, I get a better pulse on that now. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, as far as being there, um, again, the gifting economy, so really transcending that expectation of transactional energy and, um, yeah, like the demand for reciprocity, all that, which is so beautiful. Like people are eagerly wanting to gift you whatever it is that they've brought to gift. Um, like here's, here's a fun example. So when Alexa and I were just riding around one of the days, we got a badass electric bike that has like a seat on the back and you can cruise like 15 miles an hour on this thing. Both of us, so fun. Shout out to Julevert. They make these just epic playa bikes. And uh, so having that was so fun because we could do so much more and like, cause this is a big area. Like if you were to walk this, you would have a very different experience because it's it can be several miles, like three to five miles from one end to the other, depending on which camps you're wanting to go to. So being able to navigate it, um, especially with like an electric bike, was really awesome. And that's something I'll brought with you. Yes. Okay. How yeah. much does one of those cost? So the, it can be anywhere on the low end from like five to six hundred dollars up to several thousand. And Our, y'all had a two seater. We did. <laughs> that yeah, sounds yeah. awesome. It was so Comes. cool. That She's covered like in dust in the bus right now. But and we also had another bike as like a backup, just a regular bike you know, Huffy that we got at Walmart. Uh, ours, I think was when it was all said and done around 1300, 1400, we got a, like a little bit of an upgraded one. So it could had more juice, could have more pounds on it and just so well worth the investment. And I ride bikes in Austin all the time, the jump ones that you rent, you know, just to get around. And so this is like a great investment for me. Um, so we're driving in like the middle of the playa and we get stopped by this guy who's like, do you want to take a perceptual adventure with me? And people are just doing this shit all over the place. And we're like, yeah, I mean, of course, let's do this. <laughs> and he has this box of tricks of various like contraptions that you put over your eyes and head that warp your perception of like reality of like what you see. So for example, the first one we put on had like a, a mirror <clears throat> where I guess it was like kind of you're looking in this mirror with this mask on and it's showing you the ground. So you're looking forward, but you're seeing the ground. And so you're having to navigate from this new point of view, this new reference point. And so, and the, the challenge was to shake someone's hand while you're doing that. So you're walking, like sort of like only being able to look at your feet, but looking forward and you have to like find someone and shake their hand. And so that was like challenge number one. And then another one is you put on a mask and it was connected to a camera that was behind your back that was looking over your head. So you're looking in this thing, but you're looking at through a camera that is attached to the back of your head. So you see your head and you're looking from that perspective like uh, so behind like, you. Wow. So like almost like <clears throat> someone that was riding on your shoulders. Exactly. Like a little baby yes. on your shoulders. Exactly. Wow. Interesting. Yep. And then that challenge was to give someone a high five. And people are fucking with you too because they, they realize that something's going on. So you're trying to give them a high five and they kind of move their hand and stuff. But <laughs> So that was just like one example of like a quirky, cool thing that you would encounter on the playa. And then like right after that, we had someone come up and was like, um, we're doing free heart tunings. Could you use a heart tune? And they've had this like whole handyman setup on, you know, like a tool belt and whatnot. And they start like kind of hammering away at your heart and turning and screwing and stuff. And then they're like just being really funny was about it. Was it like a tuning fork or was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was okay. just like very basic, like plastic tools. And do you know like these people's names? That you, oh, no, okay. definitely not. Like, just you're like, just meeting them on the spot. And boom, 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 boom one boom, after boom. another. Okay. And this just keeps happening. Um, it's like so magical, these experiences. And then 
yeah, each camp has their own little gifts. Sometimes it's just like a drink or sometimes it's like really fun, funky food. Sometimes it's music, plenty of music there, tons of music. These crazy elaborate art cars that are just decked out to the max, like in ways that you couldn't even fathom. Anything that you can imagine and can't imagine is there. <laughs> and I was curious when you were saying everyone like the gift economy, which yep. definitely I interviewed Raj Lahoti. Anyone? Think of him. He was there. He was. Raj did was you there? See, did you see him? There? Oh yeah, kicked it with him a bit. Oh, yep. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. And so, is there different? You went to a camp. Like we a, stayed at a camp called Hex Collective. There's about a hundred of us there, Hex and there's Collective. hundreds. And of how camps. do you get involved in Hex Collective? Like friend as, of a friend type of situation. Okay. Alexa has some friends from a festival she's a part of called A Fest, okay. Mission, Mind Valley stuff. Um, and then there's was Vision there for Mind Valley. I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure. And then so Raj was there. What, do you know what camp he was at? He was at Ply Alchemist, which was one of the main camps that we were at. A lot of like our Austin tribe is there, and, and other people that we know. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. I haven't heard from Raj for a while. That makes sense. He's coming to Sedona. <laughs> like, is he? Allegedly, you know, he bought a ticket knows, for him yeah. and someone else. And uh, but that's a great episode. One of my favorite podcasts is with him, and it's about the gift economy. So there's yeah. a plug for that one to check that out. I'm. I'm that's very inspiring for the gift economy, and it's cool to see that Burning Man may have even Doing inspired you level. more. Oh yeah. To, what's your inspira- What's your takeaway with this gift economy idea? How do you imagine you're going to implement this into your yeah. new life off the playa? Yeah, sure. So, I think that on some level, I have a decent foundation in that. Like, it's not my first time I've been exposed to this concept. Raj gave kind of a new context around it a couple tribe designs ago or a couple years ago. Um, and then I think that that's something in our circles that is is talked about and embodied in some ways. But experiencing it as the new way of living for 10 days with 70,000 people who have the same understanding and the same heart is like, yeah, like I'm forever changed. And how that'll look in my quote normal life it's hard to say exactly other than I feel excited to give my gifts and to give freely um, you know with also still having that mentality of not overgiving you know because that's definitely something that in the past I've I've overgiven from a place of scarcity but like pretended like it was a good thing and then it just turned into weird passive aggressive resentful energy that manifested and like silly ways we gotta plug our brother Brandon Hoffman right now because yeah, one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite friends yep. is when you give beyond your capacity you make the receiver, receiver a thief, thief. Yes. and Brandon I think it was just yesterday or two days ago was his 40th rotation around the sun publishes a new book called You. Do you know the subtitle yep. by any chance? I can't remember well, it. Well, get it. It's, I think it's the number one in its category right now. It's on Amazon. If you want to support a brother that's been on the podcast, even his son has been on the podcast, yeah. uh, man, check it out. Thanks, <clears throat> Brandon. Love you. Yes. I love that you gave the shout out because that's definitely where I first heard of that concept and it so resonates. Yeah, between Raj and Brandon, like, that, that's, like, that's like the, there's a good balance to find yeah. of like giving without needing anything in return mm-hmm. and then not giving beyond your capacity totally. that's there's a Amen. golden there's a golden nugget right there guys mm-hmm. see if you can feel into that integration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what did you all you said everyone brought stuff to gift did y'all bring stuff to gift tons of stuff what, what um, were some of those things and how was it what was your favorite thing you gifted or your yeah, favorite yeah. experience of gifting something to someone yeah um you know the main thing that we were gifting was bulletproof coffee 
no surprise there. I'm the the chief bulletproof bro. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I like to like call myself evangelist of yeah, exactly. bulletproof since uh-huh. maybe the beginning, from what yep. I understand. Mm-hmm. Almost and, six years now. And look, at, if anyone doesn't know how successful bulletproof is, check it out. Uh huh. Uh huh. So brought tons of bulletproof cold brews uh, and bulletproof collagen bars, and just had those on me at all times. I had like a cooler backpack to keep them cold, as well as like a, a really nice cooler. And yeah, giving those away because like food and drink. Um, especially like tasty ones that are kept cold and like intact is not so easy to come by unless you're very intentional about it. Um, and funny enough, so the, you can buy two things on the playa, two things that Burning Man actually sells. And that's the only place that you can like buy things. And it's coffee and ice. Funny enough, they have like center camp and they sell hot coffee and variations of that and then ice. So you can like keep it in your coolers and whatnot. Those are the only two things they sell. I didn't know that. Has that always been the case? That's coffee. I think so. So it's basically. As far as I know. Okay, that's very fascinating. I like yeah. two very important things. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah. gonna have two things, it was kind of funny that it was coffee of all things. Though. Yeah, I can see that, mm-hmm. man. Did you drink much coffee there? Did you would you drink more coffee or less coffee? And then what about other exogenous substances? Because I yeah. know that seems to be <clears throat> a big meme around Burning Man. Yeah. So drank about the same amount of coffee as I always. I brought my whole bulletproof setup, like French press and blender and all that stuff, like a little hand immersion blender, not the full on one. Although I'm bringing the full on one next year, like now that I kind of have a feel for the situation. Um, so yeah, the same amount of coffee, but I guess maybe a little less because sometimes you just wake up and you just go. And the for most people, the sleeping hours are very abnormal. <laughs> They're very different than, than the normal life. Sometimes you're going to bed at midnight and waking up at 5 a.m. Other times you're, you know, up through the night and then go to bed at 6 a.m., you know. Um, as far as exogenous substances go. And back on the sleeping yep. one, how did you sleep during – wouldn't it be really hot to sleep during the day? Totally. Or how, yeah. Oh, bro, I'm so proud of our setup. Like <laughs> – we definitely brought too much shit, but I'm also very grateful that we did, uh, including a massive reflector tarp that we put over the bus and bungeed over the bus. So they like, I mean, you can see it in the bus, but it, yeah, it's just this massive, like metallic reflective tarp, oh, wow. which, you know, we didn't have it the first day and then we put it on the second day. Huge difference. So reflecting the sun reflecting instead of absorbing sun. it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, and then deal. also that. AC unit I referenced earlier, the one that wasn't able to be powered by my solar unit, our camp had a, a big um, generator that we could hook things up to, so I could hook that up. There's such a beautiful metaphor with this AC. <laughs> you, <laughs> like, you have this tool that will offer you um, comfort and relaxation comfort, yeah. and uh, the ability to charge yourself, uh-huh. but you weren't able to use it on your own power supply, but something uh-huh. about being connected to this tribe totally. well was said. able to empower you to use that. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering, how that just, there just seems like some infinite parables oh, from, yeah. from that metaphor right there. I love that. Um, and then I, I, before you get into the exogenous substances, I was also thinking, because I think me and you have both uh, sh- you know, experimented. I think if I was going to judge us a little bit more on the healthy experimental sure. side, like a, a scientific, fun experimental side of exogenous substances. Uh-huh. And I will say the one that I might be the most challenged to like let go of whenever I'm like letting go of one, if I'm like I'm going to take a day off or a week off, whether it's cannabis or beer or a month off, whatever it is um, – Caffeine seems to be the the most challenging. Totally. So I kind of find that interesting that the one thing they're selling other than (laughs) frozen water is caffeine in the form of coffee. Uh And I don't blame them. And it's the same thing with like I uh, I went to a – an alternative to med center yesterday in Sedona as like an experimental um, 
podcast mm-hmm. kind of series with these people that are okay. helping people get off like much heavier daily exogenous substances such as opiates and yep. morphine and stuff mm-hmm. like that and psychotropic drugs like antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I bet I have a feeling they serve coffee or caffeine as well. And I always yeah. find that interesting. Even the AA meetings, like I've seen yep. people are Coffee's puffing. Staple. Yeah, coffee and sometimes cigarettes too. Oh, yeah. But the uh, coffee just seems like it's the most socially acceptable drug of totally. all time. Mm-hmm. And like I remember the first like couple times I had coffee. Like if you can remember that for most people, I, I imagine a similar experience like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, my favorite part about not drinking coffee is drinking, drinking it again. again. Yep. It's like, wow, that's one heaven of a drug. Yep, hundred percent. So, anyways, um, yeah. Now the, to, the I would love to know about your um, any kind of psychonaut explorations because yeah. I'm imagining there was plenty of that on yeah, available. Definitely, and that must um, be a challenge for someone that may be a little bit more prone to overdoing it. Yeah, because even at tribe designs. There's so much emotional stuff being yes. conjured up that sometimes I'm like, energy. be very careful. Just because you think you can smoke a joint, it might not be the best time to smoke a whole joint tonight because yes. you might have activated your inner pharmacy more than you even know. <laughs> than you even know. So just be activated careful. The inner pharmacy. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm thinking for people at the Burning Man, they must yeah. be activated in ways they've never experienced, and to oh, mix yeah. that with too much of an exogenous substance seems slippery slope. I had an experience like okay, that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet you did. I bet many people did. I'd love, uh-huh. to, love to know about that. So there's a lot of avenues we could go down, but I'll share a specific experience since we're on this thread. Um, it was like the third night, I want to say, uh, my partner and I partook of some psilocybin. And I have like a decent amount of experience with it, um, more on the microdosing you know, up to like a gram type of thing. And, you know, we didn't have any kind of scales or anything. We just got a bag of mushrooms. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, let's do like a kind of what we thought was a little microdose before going out to this gathering that night. And um, so we each take a little bit. And as we're driving on our way there, and keep in mind, you know, it's now nighttime. And it is the wild, wild west. So pe- bikes everywhere and bikes are lit up. Like that's, you have to light up your bike so people can see you and so that you can find your bike when you drop it off somewhere. Uh, and there's art cars out. There's, each camp has like elaborate light setups. There's sound everywhere. It is like stimulant, unlike I've ever can imagine. And so that coupled with just the general energy that has like brewed and like all the things that are happening in my body, um, you know, about 20 minutes into this trip, I start feeling it. And I'm like, oh shit. Like everything starts to get very vibrant. And some of that kind of like what I would label as anxiety energy starts coming. Like, oh, why did I do this? Like too much, like oh, all, the, all these stories. And once we get there, I start to settle into it a little bit. But then the setting of this gathering starts to get intense also where I'm starting to run into people that I like kind of know but like don't and I'm feeling like I have to like be able to communicate and show up in a certain way and then they start this production at this camp that's like kind of trippy where they're just like getting into intense topics and I was like not expecting that. And we didn't have like a core tribe that we were with. It was just Alexa and I. And so all these many factors at play, it was a very difficult experience. And so for a couple hours, we're kind of navigating all of this and just trying to get back to a place of peace and like comfort and homeostasis. And it eventually ended with us 
sitting in the back of this camp with our goggles on because people wear goggles because there's like so much dust um our face masks and hoods on so that nobody could identify who we are <laughs> so we're sitting next to each other just staring up at the stars just kind of like trying to get back to this peaceful state and we're like seeing people we know like we're like whispering in each other's ears oh there's so and so we'll talk to them in a little bit when we feel better <laughs> Yeah, and so that, again, happened for a couple hours. And then when we came out on the other side of it, like some people that we felt very comfortable with took us back to their little mini camp within the camp and had a fresh cold LaCroix and just dropped into some good conversations and then, yeah, had a beautiful night. (laughs) Did you all use mushrooms much more than that? Uh, I took a little bit more throughout, but I was like, nope, that's just – that's it. Yeah, mushrooms to me are such a. I, I I prefer using them in the environment they grow in. Yeah. And I'm wondering, just even like I've been I've been taking like a such a microdose before where I'm just like, oh, this is kind of cheating on life. I'm just more creative, more it's energetic. Uh, yeah. I can't believe people don't do this. They don't know about this. Like yep. this is like better than coffee without the side effects. Yep. And then I like walked into a mall and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I gotta get out of here like what the freak I can't believe I'm here like panicking to get out of the mall and like find a tree to hug so I have always wondered about that I'd love to know from other people anyone that has anything to share about this or if you want to you can first of all reach out to me and or Jordan what's the best place for people to reach out to you these days Instagram or Facebook yeah Instagram is good for me as well and uh, leave a review on the podcast let us know what you think that's always good for spreading the message of breaking normal and paying uh, the reverence to the gods of the internet known as algorithms currently Um, that's fun to know about that (laughs) Any, any other stories around that topic so we had uh, some LSD that we intended to take, but after that experience, we just were like, nope. Like it feels like psychedelics in this atmosphere for us, where we're at in our life at, in this moment was just like, no, we're going to kind of forego that for the rest of this experience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can, that's good. And it seems that's another thing. Mushrooms definitely teach people lessons, it seems. Totally. <laughs> like not to go in malls uh-huh. and maybe to not do other substances <laughs> if they're not necessary. And there were other substances that we partook of that were not of the like psychedelic variety that certainly enhanced the experience and were just like fun and connective in a lot of ways. Have you um, listened to How to Change Your Mind from Michael Pollan? 100%. Did you listen to the whole book? Whole book. I haven't got through the whole book. Yeah. I, I know he talks about LSD and mushrooms a lot. Yep. That was a great book. I love from his perspective um, because he's not known as being a psychonaut, so it's very much like your average person, so to speak. Um, I thought that was very – just the way he approached it um, from that sort of like – innocent place without an agenda i thought like i I hope that a lot of people read that book that maybe have judgments around psychedelics or minimal experience all the way to people that are seasoned it's it's great awesome um i know you're an avid reader any other on that topic any other Mm -hmm. books you're feeling feeling strongly about these days oh geez like i mean the one that i'm currently on that i've been taking my time reading is the 48 laws of power still i hadn't you know that's like a, a foundational book for a lot of people and i was just I'm blown away by a lot of the stuff I already kind of knew and just have learned organically in my life, but to have it spoken about from this perspective and all of the historical references that he pulls from that is, that's gotta be one of the most involved, interesting, polarizing books I can imagine. Um, so that's a cool one. Yeah. that's, that's been very impactful for things going on in my life. Awesome. Well, anyone that's on your Facebook, I'd love to know y'all's book recommendations. Yes, I, I, that's one of my favorite things to pull on is yeah. like, what are the best audiobooks right now? Uh huh. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right. I'll just say, I know there's probably, you could, is there anything else you want to make sure that we talk about from the Burning Man experience? Yes. Because I, I'm going to start mm-hmm. asking some questions, but I know that we could probably talk about this for weeks. Yeah, so. totally. So there, there's one piece that I want to get into a bit because it was the most profound takeaway for me. Uh, I was slash am activated in a way that I had never experienced for so long and so intensely and specifically in like a, what I would label as a sexual capacity. Now that word can be very charged. Like what does sexual mean to you versus what does it mean to me? For me, historically, really up until this point, mostly when I think of sexual energy, it's like a very physical experience. You know, it's like, it's like the act of sex. It's like having a boner. It's like being uh, turned on in that way. And maybe a better way to say is, I felt turned on consistently in a way that I had never known. And it it happened like immediately. And for the first few days, it was like, I just felt this deep, activated, turned on energy. Um, And, you know, certainly part of that is like, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful women all around, but it so transcended that, that piece of it. It was just like the creativity, the kindness, the boldness, the community, the all of it, all the time, energy, and resources that have been put into this container was so activating. Um, Now, a more specific experience kind of along these lines, uh, Alexa and I went to a workshop at one of the camps called Sacred Sexuality. That was the name of the workshop. And by the way, if you just, you can adjust this if you're, like, without adjusting the headphone, let me show you. Yeah, help me out. Like this. Like that. Ooh, there we go. go. Cool. Let's get that sexy voice going. Well, I mean, right off the bat, I'm thinking you're saying the welcome home and the, mm-hmm. and the the ability of being radically self-reliant. It all yep. sounds like a very – and all the beautiful people around yep. probably without any clothes on. Many of them, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's probably very activating to the root chakra. Totally. Right, right off the bat, it sounds yep. like. And it, must, it almost sounds necessary to be – you have your root chakra activated to survive in that in scenario. So, But go ahead with the yeah. workshop. I'm curious. And that's a great way to describe it is like, <laughs> you know, my – a former version of myself, the more like generic feet on the ground person. Like when I hear activating the root chakra, I kind of giggle. Right. But whole, like I get it now. Like I really get it in a deep embodied way. Um, so specific experience, we had a workshop called sacred sexuality where, and we getting into this was a very like involved process. You had to be invited by somebody who was part of this specific camp. So kind of like, um, vouching for you in a way. And Alexa and I each had to fill out a pretty involved, like, 20 to 30 minute, um, like form Google form before going at there at Burning Man, um, before going to Burning Man, oh, it was like okay. a couple weeks before. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah. y'all are signing papers in the nope. dust out there. I'm like, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, and so cool. very like highly vetted and they only let, I think about 40 people ish into this and you know, they approved you basically. Right. And you had to have a partner. Uh, there was like a handful of people that were singles let in, but they really, I really respected the process for how they created this container because I could see when you're dealing with sexual energy, uh, if not, yeah, if not cultivated in the right way, it could get real messy, I could imagine. Um, and, the, you know, there's, <laughs> side note, there's a thing called the orgy dome there that's kind of infamous where it's a bit more of just like helter skelter. There's certainly some screening, but like not like this particular workshop we did. And so we went into that experience knowing that like this is going to be a major edge. Um, and also with the understanding and the agreement that we are only going to engage with each other in this way, but being in the presence of other people also engaging sexually. And so the first like hour and a half was uh, led by this couple and it 
was a, a more of just like tantric exercises, not too dissimilar from many things we've done at Tribe Design. Lots of like conscious communicating, eye gazing, stating desires and intentions, asking questions, um, and sort of setting the tone and context for the experience. Uh, and then after about an hour and a half of that, it turned into an open play party. And that's what like they call it in the industry is like a play party. And then it was just like, all right, you're kind of like free to engage in whatever way you want. And they also went through like, you know, if you wanted to engage with other couples or people, how to navigate that and to have like wisdom and discernment around what's appropriate and um, how to ask things and all that kind of stuff really well facilitated. Uh, and then it was like for the next couple hours, an open forum for people. And like I said, Alexa and I made that agreement that we were just going to engage with each other. But even doing that in the presence of around 40 other people engaged in that was like, I went through a spectrum of emotions because right when it started, Alexa had to go to the bathroom. So she left me. So I'm sitting there as everybody's getting started and I'm just like feeling very uncomfortable. Um, like all the things like at first it was like, I was like, okay, this is kind of hot. Like I can feel the energy stirring. And then I also felt like a grossed out energy. Cause there was just, there was a couple next to me that, um, just, I, there were some things happening going into it and just like things are being said. that was just like very turning off. Uh, and thank God. share some of those by chance? I mean, <laughs> it's so, not like we know the couple or sure, sure. I mean, maybe an investigator no, out there could no. figure it out. <laughs> they were an older couple and <clears throat> the, the woman was clearly very uncomfortable and very awkward and was just like just overly talking and and from my perspective saying things that didn't matter and didn't like were not appropriate for the setting uh and yeah and so just all of it around that was like yeah i can definitely regardless of being in that situation i've been in such fun comfortable social situations with mm -hmm. groups and that is, um, I would say, I would judge that usually a way of someone leaking energy when they start getting really babbly. I'm like, yes. what happens if you just take a deep breath and stop talking? Yeah. Can you feel that for a second? So I can guess what yes. you're getting at there. Definitely a leakage of energy. And so feeling that and, you know, I'm sitting there by myself. I eventually just close my eyes. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sit with this. And you know, I'm also thinking like, is somebody going to come up to me and try and engage? And I'm going to have to navigate kind of the awkwardness around that. And also like, okay, I could get up and kind of move to the outside. But if I do that, I'm going to lose my space. And like, it's pretty tight quarters in there. And like, I want to make sure I have my space when Alexa gets back. And, you know, thank God there was a couple next to us that Alexa and I know well, and you're probably even familiar with them too. And uh, so it was like, not, I felt supported by them just being there. And so that was like really, wonderful that Alexa came back and uh, it was very like playful I it was very like we were giggling and it was like sexy and it was just a really beautiful notable life experience um, yeah and that was the first time I've like engaged sexually in front of others intentionally like that so that was cool yeah, um, I get there's my curious mind without <laughs> breaching any of your boundaries. Sure. Like, like, what does that mean, engaged sexually? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we full on had sex in uh, many wow. different positions. And and other people were as well. Absolutely. It sounds like. And some people were engaging outside their couple their they couple, came with. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, wow. That was not happening as much as you might expect it to. Um, it seemed like people were, were pretty teamed up and then there was there was definitely a little bit of mix and matching but it seemed to be mostly the couples and that does sound like a big deal yeah that sound, i could imagine that being a big experience it for was, you guys for sure yeah. how are you feeling about it now currently uh, like how did you feel about it uh like right after it happened mm -hmm. and then i heard a little bit how you felt during it how'd you yeah. feel about right after like the day that day the day yeah. after and compared to how you feel now about it not too differently like very stoked we did it like 
open to exploring that kind of experience and energy again. Um, now going into it, it was very different. Like I was very like, I'm very open to and wanting to break normal with some of the, the taboos around sex, around nudity, um, around, yeah, like the, the secrecy and kind of like what feels like darkness sometimes around sex and around people's bodies. And so that was a, a big way to confront that, which felt really good. Uh, there was definitely a part of me going into it that was afraid that I wouldn't be able to perform in the presence of others. Um, not something that's traditionally been an issue or something I've had to have been challenged by, but it, like, you know, going into that, I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that'll be a thing. I'm definitely having flashbacks of the first time I had sex yeah. and being like, I couldn't believe how it was challenging for me to get hard. Totally. Like, Cause I had this such a buildup and a then build I remember up. taking a bunch of shots and then lasting way too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I went from one extreme to the next, but it does sound like I was having sex for the very first time totally. but in a new way. Yeah. And so I was definitely concerned going into, is that going to be a problem? And like, is that going to be awkward? And is it going to be like ruined because of that? And it, it wasn't, which was great. And if it would have been, that's part of, that's an experience as well. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds like that. Would you, would you say that was probably your most impactful experience of the, if you had to judge one? Uh, yes. Okay. There was another one on, on quickly on the last Sunday. There was a, um, a gospel choir led by Jess Magic. You know Jess Magic. Oh, I think. yeah. yeah. Um, I love Jess Magic. She's uh, such a beautiful woman. I had a dream woman. about her and Adam Roa and some other people the other night. That was yeah. just like, whoa. And yeah. I definitely could see her leading a gospel choir. Yeah, there are a couple other people. This guy, True Osborne. Oh, the black guy with long hair? Yeah. Man, I've seen him sing online. He seems Dude. like a freaking hero. I want to meet hero. that guy. He led this worship service oh, in gracious. a way that I've never, you know, Brain and I have been doing the the beautifully blasphemous Sunday service. Yeah. We've done a couple of those and it's been really wonderful. So I was a student slash just, yeah, experiencing this, but taking notes. I mean, Elijah Ray was also okay. co-leading. To another guy I really um, want to meet. Those two guys yeah. I've been in contact or seen online, especially Elijah. Yep. True Osborne, I just heard him sing once in a video, yeah. and I was like, <sighs> God bumps. I'm like, oh, yeah. this guy's like, the spirit's here. Yeah, his singing, obviously, but his ability to engage and to like interweave beautiful messages and prayers throughout this was, <sighs> whoa. Um, so that was at Playa Alchemist. And that was like an unexpected thing on the very last day when a lot of people are striking, which means cleaning up their camps. Um, but Alexa and I just, many people have told us about this, a lot of our tribe, and they're like, you have to go to this. And so we're like, all right, we're going to leave. And we almost didn't so glad because that was a peak experience for sure. Like two hours of sing-alongs and dancing and praising and worship was such a, a great way to like kind of seal the container of the experience. Talking about the polarity of your most impactful experience. I'm right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm wondering if you have like any parents or cousins or family members that might listen to this and be like, mm-hmm. Jordan went to, a, he went to an orgy <laughs> and, then, and then he went to church. <laughs> Those things don't go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Brother, you your soul any, has been lost. Do you have any concerns about that? I don't. Like at this point, my dad is a first person I think of. He wouldn't listen to this anyways, but um, I would be happy for him to. Like I'm so at a place where I just... I don't go out of my way necessarily to like throw things in his face or confront him with stuff, but I also don't go out of my way to like hide anything. Yeah. And on this soul has been lost and found. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I Amen, was thinking brother. about the impersonations. I've had a recent epiphany. I think the way you impersonate people, it depends all on the intention of how people impersonate. Mm-hmm. Like if it's done in a playful way that I think it illuminates kind of the, sh- like it illuminates the shadow. Yep. That's one thing. But I've had just recently, I had someone impersonate someone where they were showing me how they picked up like, 
they they picked they would pick up a knife and a fork and throw it and they started acting like that person and I got very and this is uh, I've uh, seen you in those situations yeah this is like whoa 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 don't and like I've have you ever had someone impersonate something where you felt like you could have received the same energy they did Absolutely. if you didn't put up a boundary yes. That is a subtlety that I'm very – I feel like I'm, it's important for me to help people understand yes. not to do that or you, to avoid that or to not get involved in it because mm-hmm. somehow impersonating some, someone that they think is evil, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're propagating that what they they're think is evil. They're embodying it in that yeah. experience. Yeah. I remember Side note. a year or two ago or maybe a few years ago that I was in an experience where someone was doing that and you brought attention to that and I would never – as you did that, I recognized how I felt that and felt that in that moment, like what you're describing, but had never, yeah, had that awareness brought to it. And so, yeah, I think that's very interesting and important. Yeah. I mean, I know you got to see JP again last night in Reno, and I think he's a master of illuminating the shadow side 100%. of it. But sometimes, yeah, those, I just want to once again reiterate the importance of not necessarily needing to impersonate energy yeah. that you're not aligned with. It's not necessary. <laughs> Maybe the best way to let that energy go is to not give it attention to it sometimes it's like temporarily kind of possessing yourself with that yeah, energy it's so crazy crazy mm-hmm. and by mm-hmm. yourself yeah myself or that person's <laughs> self <laughs> that's that's not we can get into lingual I, I think enough, if anyone's listening to many of these episodes i think they're picking up on the linguology lessons so mm-hmm. man that's cool what a what a thing and i heard you deanna asked you would you go back 100 percent. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> learned so much like so much fun uh, we'll upgrade in many ways. And uh, yeah, like it, it's kind of one of those things where I will never not go back is how I feel. You mentioned the infamous orgy dome. Is that what yes. you said? Did you mm-hmm. check that out at We all? did not. Is, no. is that like a thing that uh, that's just basically where a lot of orgies are happening? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds, I mean, it it is the sounds... orgy dome. <laughs> okay. Right. The name says it. Okay, uh-huh. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it sounds like such a dynamic experience with so many people. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, how would you describe your experiences at Tribe Designs compared to? I love that you just said that. So um, I was just gonna say, like, I had the intention to share with you. Many times, I thought, "Wow, it would be so cool to have a Tribe Design at Burning Man." I've heard that many times. I think it's about time for me to take that advice a little bit more seriously, more sincerely. Having a Tribe Design camp, because at each camp, typically, depending on the size of the camp and their intention, has programming right that is open to everyone, Um, and it is can be promoted like Burning Man will promote it to some degree right like it, they have like an app that's really cool it's one of the few things that works while you're there uh, where you can search all the different things going on you search keywords so you download it before okay and it's just within the app okay. even though there's no service it just works that's genius um, cool. it's amazing and it, it navigates you too if you get lost because you can get lost and they call it deep playa which is like kind of way out in the outskirts um, but yeah, a tribe design at Burning Man would be epic. Um, having a camp and it would be very different obviously than any other tribe design. They're all very different from one another, but have still some, some of the same core philosophies and, and experiences and energies. Um, but in that setting, that could be so cool. Do you know how I would even go about figuring that I out? I don't, but you, okay, you're one of planted. the greats at yeah. figuring it out. So. Yeah. <laughs> or just like getting, or just falling into it gracefully letting it figure me out yeah 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 Uh, yeah, you know one degree of separation from somebody who can make something happen cool seed planted in the desert there and i would definitely recommend i I mean i'll say it live i would love to partner with you on something like that that would be like when i was imagining it i was like i would love like having our camp experience and seeing others i was like 
I was born and bred to like create and facilitate a camp at this experience. My, you know, growing up and being in a fraternity and like being the social chair and creating parties that with like really elaborate setups and a lot of fun and entertainment. Um, yeah. That's How many really people exciting. are generally at a camp? So there is no general. There is no general. Okay. Yeah. So you can, we, you think... can camp by yourself anywhere pretty much. Um, and you can have camps that have 20, 30, 100 to several hundred. All right. Well, in that case, if anyone's interested in joining Jordan and I in that project, uh, yep. definitely email me at daniel at breakingnormal.com or hit me mm-hmm. up on my Instagram. Because something about that 150 number always feels... I'm yeah. A, Dunbar's. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that theory. Yep. I like playing with that theory. Uh-huh. So why not? I bet between me and you, we could get 150 epic facilitators <laughs> that could uh, change the vibration yes. even in a more uh, an epic way. Yeah. Dude, that's exciting. All right. Awesome. Um, um, what was your worst experience? <laughs> when did you have one of those or the most challenging, however you want to phrase that um i mean probably that psilocybin was that in like i say it's the worst but it, it was a bit of a low moment yeah i feel like i described all the low moments for the most part the most notable cool. ones <clears throat> hmm. nice how are we doing on time here cool 52 minutes just like that nice ah <sighs> so what's next for you what's next on I, what's most relevant on your radar right yeah. now i love asking that question especially to you because i know it's an ever-changing dynamic yeah. game that you're playing mm-hmm. man i've been so enraptured in the burning man experience because leading up to it it was research it's like getting the bus ready it's buying stuff on amazon it's consumed my life for two months plus leading up to especially the few weeks and then few days leading up to it was like that was it and then you know balancing the other aspects of my life and whatnot but like that was the focus and now you know i'm on my way home still haven't been home yet like going home we were talking about this before is such a weird like concept now like i don't even really can't imagine what that's like so much anymore because i've been like two weeks in this supernatural setting so I have no real way to answer that question other than just getting settled back in, like cleaning off the dust metaphorically and literally speaking um, from the bus and like getting back to a state of normal, getting caught up on normal life shit. Um, So that's really top of mind. This, the Sunday services that Brandon and I have been doing, we're doing another one of those in a couple weeks. And that's something that we're doing on a monthly basis now. That's nice. That's once a month. Once a month. At Brandon's house? At Brandon's house. The next one will probably be the last one we'll do there because it's it's growing quickly. It's kind of at capacity there. And there's (laughs) lots of people. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's lots of people that have expressed interest in like supporting us as it grows with venues and stuff like that. Oh, man. So that's been cool. Um, Yeah. We have a. we're going to ACL, Austin City Limits um, Festival in Austin. Super excited about that. That's mid-October. Um, yeah, and other things. But but right now, it's just like integrating is where I'm where I'm at. Oh, and I've got a question for you. What about the Mystic Misfits? Where are that? And I know yeah. your brother is right now. Is it your place in Austin? Is he that, is. Or yep. is it Ryan, which yep. is another which another favorite uh, episode from a lot of people. Not surprised. Yeah, we talked mm-hmm. a lot about the inner and outer pharmacy on that one. If did anyone you? wants to check that out, Ryan He's, Bowditch. We did that at the uh, Bulletproof Conference in uh, oh, cool. Beverly Hills. Yep. That was my favorite Bulletproof conference, by the way. That was cool, Are you going to keep man. doing those? 100%. When's the yeah. next one? Though, the... I don't know that they – I think they have dates. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be the same, around the same time next year. Keep me in the loop about 100%, that. 100%, yeah. I'm still thankful how um, whatever we did that one time when 
you arranged it for me to be on the panel, the panel. of high performer yeah. high performers with Dave. That the, was cool. My guy that does the Girl Scout cookies Crosby, and Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wasn't there one? No, I think that was it. That was fun. Oh, there was one other guy. There was. Name, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyways, that was such a fun experience. Yeah, I was so grateful that you were on it too, because you, as you do, brought a very different flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as the Mystic, Mystic Misfits, Misfits yeah. yeah. So Ryan, yeah, he's staying at my place in Austin, dog slash house sitting, and also scoping out if he's going to move there. Okay. So he's going to be there, I think, for another week um, and definitely trying to recruit him hard. Um, so we'll see how that goes. He's been living in San Diego, Mission Beach, the past few months. Uh, Kevin's been in Bali for the past few months, and we're still doing our immersion experiences. That's kind of the staple of like our brand slash business is high-level immersion experiences where somebody comes and stays with us for a few days. Um, we are just kind of finishing a round of that. Um, we have another piece of it here in about a month. So we're kind of navigating what that's going to look like, but that's, that's the main piece of what we're doing right now. We're all kind of on our individual hero's journey, still, you know, staying consistently connected on calls and texts and whatnot. Um, we're probably going to do like a Monday mischief. That's something that we, like a series that we've done on our Facebook lives, um, this Monday, cause we're due for a catch up, especially me after burning man. Um, Kevin's coming back to the States, I believe in like a few weeks maybe. And I think he's back indefinitely, but you never know with Kevsky. He is the, the most free spirited of the bunch, I would say. <laughs> he's definitely been um, quite immersed in the Bali energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like. And we also have an epic interview with him. Yep. Kev, how do you say Kevin's last name? How do you say Oros. it? Oros. Oros. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how I say it as well. But yep. then the full Oroslin or? That's his spirit name. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's hard. I think that's like Turkish for lion or something, I want to oh, say. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It's challenging. Well, maybe that's where I'm wearing this lion shirt. Uh-huh. With all my friends on these Breaking World podcasts and their ever-changing spiritual names, it's sometimes yep. hard to keep track, keep track of who's who. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, that sounds fun, man. Um, well, I'll plant the seed with you. You know, Sedona's coming up. Yep. We, we're, we're sold out, but there might be some people that put deposits down that uh, might be opening. So anyone that's listening, mm. do not not apply because you think <laughs> it's sold out because we can get you on a waiting list and we can get you on a waiting list for the future events, which we're thinking potentially Mount Shasta in the fall. I've not been. I hear so many that's, awesome things. You're very close, I bet, in Black Rock City. I mean, pretty close. It's right Ish. outside two hours yeah. outside of San Francisco. I don't know where Black Rock City is exactly. You're still a little ways, but not too far. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mount Shasta is like the most supernatural mountain on earth, (laughs) judged to be. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to Mount Fuji in Japan. I also hear similar things about that. And then we're thinking about Patagonia for January 3rd. That's awesome. 2020. And that's um, Central America, right? right That's Argentina. Argentina. So so South America, yeah. Gotcha. It might be into Chile as well, but the one we're doing, uh, one one of the girls that went through facilitator training, she is selling her retreat center. And it looks like if that goes through, she'll have access to it until February. Okay, so trying um, to get in. And that's 52 beds, and she's wow. closing down in business December 31st or something. So uh-huh. January 3rd is a Friday, and we've historically done many tribe design and retreats on January 3rd. Yep. So cool. that one is New Year's Evolution Fest. Yeah, that would be New Year's Evolution Fest 5. Point, five. 5.0. Uh-huh. Man, you were there for the first. Indeed. <laughs> what all events have you been on now? Do you remember all of them? Uh, let's see. Kauai, British Columbia, Costa Rica, um, Washington, Austin. Man. I think there might be one more I'm forgetting. Veteran right here. Multiversity, which was like oh, a yeah, Santa Cruz. Yeah. Santa Cruz. Um, What's the most memorable moment out of all those events right now when I, when I put you on the spot? Oh, okay. So... 
British Columbia was my favorite one. Mm -hmm. Um, However, like experience wise, the first thing that comes up is Kauai. We basically had a never ending musical. (laughs) with the Roots family there and Dustin Thomas Tubby Love and all them it was like Jordan Walker (laughs) I'll never forget one particular experience where dinner was being made and I think Jordan Walker just kind of starts banging on a pan and singing to himself and then you know Tubby Love all of a sudden comes out with his guitar starts jamming and there's like a little loop going on that we're all singing along to Um, and Amber Lily too just chimes in with a little like harmony and then Dustin Thomas comes out of nowhere with his guitar and his hair everywhere and he starts jamming and like it was and that just would break out in song and dance out of nowhere all day it was so special man that I'm happy you reminded me of that. That has definitely been one of the most inspiring modalities of tribe yes. design is the musical one, totally. and that was definitely anchored in on that first yeah. event. Uh-huh. I also like the almost the Shakespearean element, where not only yeah. it's, that's not necessarily music sometimes, but people are just speaking in poetry. Yes, <laughs> and like banging on pots and pans and like making music out of anything. That was cool. That was special. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. um, we're almost in an hour. You want to do like uh, the four minutes of popcorn? Let's do it. We'll we'll even do five minutes of popcorn. Wow. Are you ready for this? Let me put my stuff. I don't have to put it on timer. I can put it right here because five. You want to ask the first question? Sure. That was my question to you. Yep. (laughs) Um, What is the most pertinent life lesson you're experiencing right now? um, To even like own like to really take care of my own energy Mm -hmm. even more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And to like, I I thought I was good at that. And Mm -hmm. I realized I have even more, much more room to improve. Mm -hmm. And that really means to not be seduced into thinking I need to rescue someone else, Mm -hmm. even the people closest to me. Wow. That's a good one. And that might be the, trying to rescue anyone might not be the most conducive thing for me or them. Yep. Cool. Hmm. Um, what do you have the most like fun thing? What's the most fun thing that you typically do on a daily basis? Basketball. Basketball. Nice. Yeah, hundred percent. And like that's one of the things I'm actually most excited about. Going back to the real world, um, my routine, my lifestyle in Austin is better than anyone I've ever had. And we've had some pretty. I mean, what we had in Encinitas, like the morning walks to Lofty, was that was like so special and so fulfilling and just a wonderful way to start the day. And what I have in Austin right now with, I play basketball at 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at the local YMCA with just such a great group of guys, great competition, great attitudes. Like the culture and community there is as good as I've ever experienced in a basketball setting. And then I go straight from there, ride my bike over to Barton Springs and hop in the water around like 7.45 a.m. and just chill in there for a little while. And I inevitably run into people I know there and get into cool conversations. I might do like a Facebook live there. Uh, and then I ride home and then I just kind of get my day started with my bulletproof coffee and all that. And it's just, I'm so excited to get back into that. That's a great freaking ritual. All yeah. of a sudden I'm missing Austin a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you for that. Austin's such a, that FOMO into yeah, it. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> or the Jomo, right? The Jomo, Jomo. Yeah, I like the that joy. new upgrade. The yeah, joy of missing one. out. Come on. <laughs> all right. So question for you. Um, Tell me about like your relationship with Davina as she's like getting older. Like what's, what are you experiencing with her? Oh man. Um, such a humbling 
like a humbling softness mm. that uh, yeah that's so humbled so humbled basically that she's changing so fast and that me want, me getting to be with the tension of like loving her and questioning am I doing the best job I can <sighs> and it's just like okay, every day it's like I'm like what could I do yeah and and, and, and learning to just enjoy Mm-hmm. learning to be like to aim for joy and presence yeah regardless of what my mind is questioning yeah i think a pure love pure consciousness pure just pureness pureness mm-hmm. purity that's scary yeah one thing i want to comment on that real quickly is uh that's been very top of mind as children like alexa and i have been talking about that it's not on the horizon in the near future but it's something that we both desire and at burning man seeing kids there like parents bringing their children and in our camp specifically there are two couples that brought their kids and I just love I'll say in our community how it is not this oh I have kids therefore my life is over it's all on them I change everything I don't include them in my life's experiences because they can't handle it or whatever those stories are like that is so just not in alignment with the culture that I'm aligned with and seeing that and like how people can do that gracefully, successfully is like really inspiring. And you, you and Deanna, the way you guys do it, like is just so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what do you, all right. On that question, what do you find most inspiring about Deanna? Yeah. Some God gossip. <laughs> Good gossip. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, she, how she, like, she just seems to be such a wonderful mother um, that is so dedicated to the, what might not be so glamorous parts about being a parent, but she just seems to do it and just, yeah, is so consistent with it. Um, That was the first thing that came up, but the other thing, seeing her somewhat from afar, but also in Austin, just like the sort of new leadership and stuff that she stepped into around like the dream stuff. And like, I know she's been a student for quite some time, really like gathering up the knowledge and expertise to be a teacher in that realm and seeing that sort of come to fruition is like, so like, I'm so, I, I want to say proud of her. I like when people say that though, sometimes I get this weirder energy or it's like a condescending <laughs> thing, but like, I mean that in the most beautiful way possible because she's in our circle has been known as you've called her queen bee, you know, and she truly is that. And seeing her step into that in sort of a new capacity is like, fuck yeah. Gr- awesome. Yes. Yeah. I can tell you that's true. She's getting so many people there like wanting to book her again and again that yeah. she's like there because the mothering and everything else going on, she's yep. not even saying yes to everyone. And wow. it's like, Whoa, that happened quick. That shift yeah. happened quick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time we got? Yeah, this is probably the last one, actually. Yeah, okay. A little over time. Ooh, pressure. I got to make it a good one then. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, this is the question that came up. So, like, how is your relationship with Timothy evolving? Mm. Yeah, I think it's been really um, me n- stepping out of the big brother role. Mm. And more like a friend. Yeah. Like learning how to not only be his big brother, mm-hmm. but to be um, in companionship with him and to like him to be the big brother sometimes. Yeah. And in different ways, but to like somehow transcend the archetype of me always being three years older than him, like yeah. with, and whatever the baggage that comes with it. Mm-hmm. 
for both of us learning learning that I'm like him letting go of me being like him letting go of trying to live up to my expectations mm-hmm. and me letting go of thinking that I need to be his big brother yeah and learn to be more of a friend cool yeah thanks for asking wow alright y'all trust this was uh, breaking normal it for you definitely was for me uh-huh. <laughs> me as well and I'm, yeah I'm excited that you're back in my life with the the flowmobile yep. and the evolution that continues to take place with both of us. Yep. Amen. Rasta. And I'm excited to uh, hike tonight with you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get, well, we might sweat more than we even did in hot yoga, if I had to guess, which is pretty <sighs> challenging know, those, to do. Those were some of the most trying hot yoga experiences uh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I kind of miss Austin and Encinitas. Yeah, those are uh, special I, places. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be back there together soon mm-hmm. enough, and here we are now, so even better. Much love, y'all. Keep breaking normal. Peace in. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. (laughs) All right, y'all. I told y'all that was going to be a wild ride. Do you agree? And even if you don't agree, that's fine. I don't necessarily need all my friends to agree about everything I think. That would be groupthink, and I'm uh, much more interested in heart sync. And on that note, if you want to settle the nerves or settle some of that, the uh, sensations that that may have brought up for you. Let me give you a little sneak peek to the Breaking Normal book on Audible that you can download today. And for some of y'all, you can get it for free if you don't have an Audible account or there's different ways to do it. But go on Audible, get the book. Here's a sneak peek to it. If you enjoyed this podcast or even if you didn't, let us know on Apple iTunes with a review. Rasta. See you soon. Maybe in Patagonia or Mount Shasta, Rasta. Let us know. Looking forward to seeing you when I do, whether it's in person or in the ethers. Much love to y'all. Later. Welcome. Countless people have attended or watched videos of the retreats facilitated by me and my tribe of like-hearted thought leaders. You may recognize me as a co-leader of the Rabras or as the co-founder of International Tribe Design. You may have seen me in a very special video that has gone around the world millions of times. I own a very special young lady to sleep, safe in the vibration she recognizes as her daddy's. Whatever has drawn you to me and my work, I am glad to have you here. Over the past decade of creating epic retreats, I have traveled around the world experiencing the most beautiful settings and amazing people. I have picked at the golden threads and patterns of human interactions, using the environment to anchor all the learning going on, for me and the participants alike. I was able to discern some pretty important things in these 10 years. One big observation is that many people kept the lid on their growth and personal development. This is a self-imposed limitation. Nobody tells us to do this. Note to self, there is nothing wrong with you. Remember this as you read this book and do your life. Breaking Normal, Rewild Your Inner Child and Set the Truth Free is your retreat experience in a book. You will get to feel what it means to be raw and vulnerable, excited and glowing with a sacred knowledge about your future. You'll also learn to communicate with others in a way that cuts through the limitations we used to let ourselves get entangled in. You will have tools and insight for building your own tribe, be it your family or community or the world at large. If you hear the call to join us on our next event after the experience of this book, I trust I will see you there. In the field beyond 
normal. I trust this book will serve as a vehicle for transformation, especially if you pour yourself into the exercises as if you were there with me in person. We'll be together in spirit. Aloha, Daniel.